Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, hey, waffle gang, I do hope you're well. My name is Mark, and today we're checking out some slash malicious complaints. <laughs> And if you love a Reddit story, I'm not sure where that came from. Please consider hitting that like, subscribe, maybe that notification bell too. And let's crack on with today's first story. Boy, I messed up. Much love, guys. This first story comes from Functional Psychopath, who says, Dealership said Sue. So I did. This all started December of last year and just finished last week. So, bought a car from one of those buy here and pay here places. I love the car. It's a Mazda 5 from 2014. Basically the smallest minivan I've ever seen. Well, on Christmas, we drove to some family for dinner and celebration. When we went to leave, the car would not start. We checked everything and found out the horn wasn't even connected. Any fuse that wasn't absolutely needed was simply missing and the tires were the original tires. Beyond that, we hooked up to the computer and it read several errors, but the one getting in the way was the immobilizer. I had never known the van had one. I called AAA and set up towing, but because we're in the middle of nowhere, AAA couldn't get a tow truck to us under membership, free, so we had to call a tow truck and then submit the bill to AAA after the fact. So family let us borrow their car and the van was towed to a shop. A few days later and the shop calls us and tells us what's wrong. I live in Texas, a single-party consent state, and I recalled all my calls thanks to an app on my phone. The long list of car issues isn't important. The point of this van is a basic work van. The only issue they found stopping it from running is the immobilizer is active, and they can't touch it without talking to the dealer. I three-way call the dealership and the shop, and we talk for 17.43 minutes. During this call, the dealership acknowledged we were not behind and everything should be working unless it malfunctioned. The dealership also gave permission for the shop to bypass it and we would be reimbursed the towing and repairs. All the shop needed to do to get the van running was bypass the immobilizer and a couple of days later, we picked up the van and paid the bill. Both bills came to just under $300 and we started calling the dealership. The first few conversations go well and the phone rep seemed interested in helping but mostly I end up getting tossed around from department to department and then disconnected. That went on for some time and I of course took to Reddit to find out options. As almost always happens, Reddit users know some crazy facts and how to get stuff done. So I followed their advice and kept calling eventually getting to a supervisor and the first supervisor said he'd get it taken care of and we ended the call. Two more days go by and nothing is heard. So I call back, get tossed around and then get another manager who says we're not responsible for mechanical issues and hangs up. I call back now quite annoyed and eventually get back to the same manager. I explain I have all the information and call recordings including the repair shop three-way call. He cuts me off and says, what are you going to do? Take us to court over $296.47. I don't think so, but go ahead and sue. We will win, and if that small amount is worth suing to you, you probably don't have the resources to actually sue. This, of course, made me quite upset. So off to a justice of the peace and explain what's happened. They give us a small claims form and explain the process. 
we can fill it out and pay for a constable to serve the dealership or fill out the paper and take it to the dealership unfiled and explain everything to a manager in person we chose the cheaper route because the manager on the phone was right we didn't have the money to have it served only filed so we transcribed the phone calls find out how to fill out the paper the hardest part was finding the agent we didn't know what that meant but we again turned to reddit and learned we gathered the bills and all the paperwork and made our way to the dealership's payment center i wait in line and see the name of the manager is the same as the manager on the phone that told me to sue i wait in line and when it's my turn i ask to talk to john and he comes over and sits across from me after making introductions and i confirm it's the same guy i start explaining the situation again as i'm explaining i see when he recalls talking to me on the phone so he starts to dismiss me and i explain that he asked me to sue and i'm here with all my evidence and the unfixed suit giving him one final chance he starts to look over the papers and asks if i still had the recordings i said yes i could email him a copy we sit and talk for about an hour as he reads then i sat with a slight aggravated tone if something isn't done today not only am I going to head right back to the courthouse and file, as well as tack on as much emotional distress and whatever else the clerk hinted at, the clerk was very open-mouthed with ideas, as well as send a copy of everything to every email on the corporate website. As this conversation drew the attention of the woman in a power suit who rushes over for a recap, I find out she's John's boss's boss's boss, and she's none too happy about how far things have gone. She assured me that all would be made right and gave me her cell number and email and I gave her the papers and left. The next Monday at 8am, I got a call asking if credit being applied to the account would be acceptable. I say yes and she explains they will credit $500 to the account as payments. The payments are only $155 every two weeks. I agree and we talk for a few minutes. When I asked why it took so much to get things done, she laughed and said it shouldn't have and certain people are no longer employed at the company well today was wednesday and the day of the payment but when i went to make the payment it was already done thank you power suit lady man i hate dealerships had a had an issue with a car i bought a few years back and at the time it was like the car that was sat in the middle of the dealership all shiny and nice and that was the car i wanted and, and i got this car and a couple of Weeks later, whenever I was turning right, you hear a slight whine. And apparently, again, Reddit helped me with this information that it could have been a sign that the gearbox was going. And this car was, after some more searching, was notorious for its gearbox going. It had like a, a standard gearbox, but in a in their sports model. And it was dubbed a chocolate gearbox. Just seemed to melt away, which was a wonderful news to me, by the way. <laughs> And there was loads of backwards and forwards with the dealership and they wasn't accepting it because they said, oh no, that noise could be anything. Eventually I had to drive the car all the way back to them, get picked up and they took the car for a gearbox in inspection themselves. Um, and if it wasn't and if it wasn't the gearbox, I'd have to pay for that inspection. So they said I wasn't going to do it. But And it turned out the bearings were going in the gearbox. I think it was bearings. I'm not, I'm not gearbox expert. Don't get on my back about it. And in any other situation, I would have just told them, you know, keep the car. I don't want it. But I was desperate for this car at the time. And, you know, it did serve me a good few years. So I was very happy about it. And they did fill the car up with fuel as an apology. But what do you guys make of this one? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below. I, I bet some of you have got some dealership stories as well. Let me hear them. And let's move on to another story. And our next story comes from Club Wag, who says, Shady Boss lied about my position to keep me from 
Policy allowed benefit for years. I found out and it changed everything. A few years ago, I worked at a big retail company and had for many years. Eventually, I went through an enough grad school education to get my license to work at a higher level. Much more pay, more job satisfaction, more responsibilities. Fancy title, but the job market was rough. I stayed on with my company to work in a floater position where I would cover a large area and work at all the stores within that area on a rotating but irregular basis. Eventually, I wanted to get a staff position where I have a single store assigned. The area was huge, the furthest store being over 100 miles from my home, and that is exactly where I was assigned to train for the new role. It was a rough store. Folks in my position were robbed and assaulted at gunpoint. Neighborhood was very unfriendly. Volume at the store was amongst the highest in this state. Staff turnover was, as you might expect, extreme. Well, after training, I wasn't really being scheduled to float to other stores, once a month at most. I asked to be scheduled a little more diversely, since most of the stores in my area were much closer to my home and didn't require four hours of driving a day. Bossman told me that I was the only floater experienced enough to handle that store. I didn't buy it, but what can you do, right? Well, a colleague told me about the mileage reimbursement policy. Floaters working at the store more than 50 miles from home can file for reimbursement of mileage over that 50 miles each way, even include meals. So I filed a few of these out and sent them to my boss to sign. He didn't quite refuse, but he never actually signed them and filed them. I suspect as soon as I left his office at our district center, he tossed them out. Bossman tells me later that they must be lost in the system. Eventually, the same colleague showed me how to fax those same forms to accounts payable, bypassing the district bossman. So I started doing just that. One day, bossman calls me in a panic. He wants to stop my filing the forms. I asked to be floated closer to home, but he won't budge. He needs me at that miserable store. He promises me he'll make me a staff role at the store if I promise to stop faxing those forms. Staff roles are a promotion and usually come with better pay and a few other little conveniences, so I agree. Bossman says there won't be a pay bump right away, but that they come down the road. That never happened. Two years later, the situation at the store has become too toxic for even me. I asked to step down from the staff position to be a floater again and be allowed to float to the other stores. Bossman says that I am already a floater, never was in a staff position, but that he can't let me work at other stores because it's better for me and the customers if I stay there for familiarity. Floaters do not get scheduled to stores exclusively, so I'm being singled out because they are still desperate to cover that dump of a store. I'm livid, so I start looking. It took me months, but eventually I found an opportunity to make my dream career transition. I put in my formal notice, and that's when the fun started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Remember that whole mileage reimbursement policy? Well, I keep meticulous track of all my shifts, and there is no statute of limitations baked into the policy. So I started filing out those reimbursement forms to retroactively cover every single shift from the past two odd years. I skipped the meal part since I didn't want to go through all that effort of finding receipts. I had a friendly store manager sign off on them, and I started sending them to accounts payable directly again. I didn't fax them in all at once, but for each shift in my final two weeks, I faxed a few dozen in. We still have fax machines in that line of work, believe it or not. I figured, what do I have to lose? Worst case scenario, accounts payables declines the forms. On my last few shifts, I started getting the checks from accounts payable. Not added to my paycheck, but sent to me directly. Mileage reimbursements are non-taxable income, so this was all tax-free money coming to me. It must have taken a while for the charges to show up on the balance sheet, because a few weeks later, after my final paycheck, I got a call from my now former boss man. He wasn't happy. He got some big loss prevention manager involved and together they started saying I was breaking some rule by requesting the payments. They specifically claimed I was ineligible because I agreed I wouldn't be eligible in a staff position. They then threatened legal action against me if I didn't remit the full amounts back that same week. But I had the email chain from when Bossman said I was never staff and always a floater. I politely referenced that email chain before letting them know firmly that because I was lied to, our prior agreement didn't apply and I was fully eligible all along. Corporate policy, as confirmed by HR, agreed with me, so I let them know I wasn't returning a single penny. In the end, the reimbursements amounted to well over $21,000 USD, and I transitioned into my dream job. I could say that I would trade that money back for the time I lost commuting to that miserable store. Four hours every shift but all that pressure motivated me to making the best career move of my life. The great satisfaction of not only professionally surpassing my old boss, but getting to tell him that his lies cost him way more on the way out is almost priceless. I also shared my story and method with many colleagues who were being told wrongly by the boss man that they didn't qualify for this policy. Edit. Thank you all for the support and comments. As many of you correctly guessed, I was working as a community pharmacist. I do want to clarify that most of my co-workers, technicians, pharmacists, front-end staff, and customers and patients were amazing people. Between them and my subscription to Audible with a long list of books I always wanted to read, it made the situation such that I could tolerate that commute for all that time. The job market for retail pharmacy was slash is also very rough and I can't overstate that enough. 
It has empowered big chains to abuse staff in this and other ways, and that also endangers patient care to not to mention staff mental health. I spent more than 10 months searching before I found an opportunity that involved me leaving the profession entirely. The district manager, boss man, and the general manager, who was fully complicit in the lie, are both still working for the company, last I saw. The moral of the story. Please understand your company policies and ignore any verbal agreements or HR unsupported decrees otherwise, and be kind to your pharmacy staff. The job and companies are not always kind to them. One of the biggest crazy things, I mean, a lot of crazy stuff going in that story, and I'm glad OP got their $21,000 back, hugely deserved. But one of the biggest things that jumped out to me in this is that they drove four hours every shift. Is that normal? <laughs> certainly doesn't seem normal to me. I mean, you drove four hours in the UK, you'll be most of the way across the country. The furthest I've ever commuted to work and they paid for the train fees and stuff like that was 14 minutes. And even that kind of travel made me grumpy. But what do you guys make of this one? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below. Let's have one more cheeky one, shall we? And our next story comes from Snoopickles1737, who says, Company refuses to pay me overtime. I left job site with job incomplete and client unhappy. This happened years ago, when I was just starting to wake up to companies abusing employees and employees taking it because they're just thankful to have a job. I worked as a sales rep for a company in the technology field. Two-way radios and alarms to be specific. Said company never had enough technical staff, so I started training myself and asked our lead technician to teach me to program and sort out minor problems, as well as do installations, which was nice since I was doing client visits one to four times a month, depending on how big the client was, and then I could sort out problems while I was on site. I ended up doing most of my client's installations, and the manager of the technical department was happy because it's less work for him and he knows I do the jobs properly because I want to keep my clients happy. Accordingly, he had no problem signing my timesheets and overtime hours as well. Overtime was around 10 to 20 hours a month, so two to five hours a week, which I think was a great deal considering I was doing the jobs of two people actually. It went well for a few months until one day, just before payday, I get called in by the MD slash owner. He had my timesheets for the past few months in front of him. He asked me what they were and I gave him an explanation. He scratched my overtime out. He says sales reps don't get paid overtime. I tried to explain to him why I was claiming overtime and that he can ask the tech manager, but he was having none of it. I was pissed as it was a little extra money, but whatever. About a week later, I was at a client about 160 kilometers away, 100 miles from the office. We had a big installation and was almost done except for programming and tidying up some cables. I checked the time and told the apprentice technician to pack up. He was like, but we're not done with the job. I told him that I don't care. I don't get paid overtime. It's 2 p.m. and it's still a two hour drive back to the office. We packed up, client comes out and I gave him the explanation, saying we'll be back the following morning to finish what was effectively 30 to 45 minutes of work. Client wasn't happy, but understands that I don't get paid to work late. I was on the road about 15 minutes when my phone rings. It was the owner, same one that said I don't get paid overtime. He asked what I was doing and why I wasn't finishing the job as the client was not happy. I told him the explanation above and then I said that he said I don't get paid overtime so I'm not working late and we'll drive back to finish tomorrow. 
Silence for about five seconds as I assumed he realized I was following his express instructions and there was nothing he could do. He told me to go back and finish the job and we can talk about it later. I told him no, unless he pays me overtime. He says he will. I will tell him to put in an email before I will turn back. I could hear him go red in the face. He said he will send it now. I switched on my laptop, connected my dongle. This was still before smartphones and emails on outphones. A few minutes later, the email came through. We turned around and finished the job. I got paid my overtime and never again was there a query over my timesheets or hours booked. I was the only rep out of five that got paid overtime. Edit for more info. This is blown up to where I can't answer all the questions or reply to all the comments. Thanks for the awards and wholesome replies. If I don't reply to your comment, nothing personal. I will try to reply as many as I can in between work. I will answer some common questions on here for clarity. One, this happened in South Africa. The labor board there is not very efficient, especially if it comes to smaller companies. Also, this employer had extensive government contracts and knew a lot about people personally. So even reporting him would not have helped much. And if they do investigate, it's pretty easy to get the investigation squashed with a bribe. Two, my contract stipulated I was not entitled to overtime. I negotiated overtime with a technical manager as it would be mutually beneficial for both him and me if I did tech work as well. And ultimately, the company would save money as well, so he agreed to it without any objections. Three, the overtime did not amount to much every month as it was based on basic salary, which was low. Commission made up three quarters of my take-home pay, excluding allowances, so it wasn't much about the money, more about the principal. Four, other sales rep refused to do tech work as they said that was not why they were appointed. The other guys were also on the wrong side of 40 and in shape. If you can call round the shape. <laughs> I was in my early 20s and wanted to get ahead, so I did extra to prove myself. Five, the overtime that he scratched did not get paid, at least not to his knowing. I added extra hours over the next two months to make up for that, so I did get paid eventually. Six, this happened in 08, so before smartphones and voice recording, etc. My work phone was a Nokia, classic, that had no internet ability. I could call and text, don't even think it had a camera. We connected to the internet on our laptops via a dongle. It is a device that takes a SIM card, plugs into a USB. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. He port and then connects to the cell network, almost like dial-up internet. It even made a similar sound. My laptop did not even have Wi-Fi. If I wanted to connect to the office, I had to plug in a LAN cable. Oof. And in this one, it's one of those ones that I always say to be a fly on the wall in that guy's office when he was on the phone with him and said, now I want you to put that in an email before I turn around. Could you just imagine seeing that guy there steaming? <laughs> now, what do you guys make of this situation? How do you think the boss reacted? <laughs> Let me know your thoughts in the comments below. Now, just a huge thank you for spending your time with me today, getting involved in the stories. Your love, support, and time always means the absolute world to me. And if you do love a Reddit story, there will be a couple of players at the very end of the video that you can click on and let scroll through for you. 
So whatever you're doing, knitting, crocheting, art, let me know what you're up to and let me know on Twitter as well. Don't forget to show me some pictures. I love to see it. And I will see you in the next one. Take care, guys. Much love. I can smell the smoke from the bacon. Let's go. See the sun shining from the windows. Okay. I know that today will be a good day. Okay. I know that today will be.